It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily source for all things BYU news, notes, and opinion and insider information you can't find anywhere else. We are back. Took some time off around the holiday, Christmas, earlier this week. But we are back. Didn't want to leave you guys for a full week without a show. Got some good information to talk about. A little bit about Zach Wilson and his progression this year as a freshman in his own words. You'll hear that here in this first segment. He spoke to Scott Gerard and Hans Olsen on the Zone Sports Network yesterday. Yesterday. We'll get to some of those comments in the first segment. Second segment of the show, we're getting ready for a BYU non-conference showdown against number 19 Mississippi State tomorrow. The final non-conference game for Dave Rose's squad. Uh, scuffling along, can they avoid a three-game losing streak for the second time in the non-conference? We'll talk about that in the second segment. And in the final segment, we'll recap Week 16 for former Cougars in the NFL and also look a little bit ahead to Week 17 as well as some, as well as whatever final notes we need to get to on today's podcast. There you go. That's the layout of today's show. Brought to you by our good friends All Guard Pest Control, dealing with everything you need to deal with when it comes to pest control issues along the Wasatch front. They are your best source for pest control issues to get it abated and never have it happen again. Also brought to you by our good friends at Sling TV. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on this daily podcast. Let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for December 28th, 2018. As most of you know by now, BYU won the famous Idaho Potato Bowl in dominant fashion. Thanks in large part to what Zach Wilson was able to do for BYU in that game. A perfect 18 of 18 for 317 yards and four touchdowns. Just an incredible performance by the freshman QB in his season finale this year as a true freshman. And... I think a lot of BYU fans came away from that game very jazzed and excited about what he could do going forward. I'm one of those. I really thought he broke out and had a game that should have BYU fans really excited for what he could do over the next three years for the Cougars. And all in all, I think BYU fans wanted to see progression from this team despite them going 6-6 six and six in the regular season. Good to see them blow out Western Michigan in the bowl game to finish 7-6 and six and build some momentum heading into 2019. But Zach Wilson took some time to speak with Hans Olsen and Scott Gerrard on the Zone Sports Network yesterday. Talked a little bit about his progression, also looked back on the season, and I wanted to get to three different uh, pieces from him in his own words of his growth and kind of his mindset at the quarterback position. We'll start off first with a comment he was asked um, about his role in the offense as he took over in that Hawaii 
Hawaii game as the starter. I think the question actually even started going back to the Utah State blowout loss where he got action late in that game. And he talks about his progression from that point to what he is doing now in terms of game planning and helping the coaching staff as they look towards 2019 and helping the BYU offense continue to evolve and be an offense that can be well-rounded and an effective unit. So here you go. Here's Zach Wilson talking about how much more he wants to be involved and also where he's come from as BYU's starting quarterback. Yeah, so early on, it was it was really none at all. It was pretty much, hey, this is what we're calling. This is your job on this play. You really don't have – I mean, even early on, it was you have one read, two read, run or throw it away kind of thing. And uh, I think we started expanding. I tried speaking up more getting more of a flow we went to more of a spread we had more options we had four receivers releasing instead of two we had less under center play action and more just straight drop back and more rpo and um, everything from the gun and then going no huddle also added the ability to do um, quick you know bang posts quick outs quick hitches where i have the ability to you know pull something and throw it and eventually we got to the end of this last game and and it was more of um, I got him to give me the ability to to check just a quick. I mean, we just got a run play call to the right. I could check any route I wanted to the backside based on what the defense was giving me. Whether he, the corner was playing inside in a cover three and was bailing, I could check him to a quick out. Or if he's playing outside leverage, I can check him to a quick post or just a hitch if he's playing off. I mean, so I mean, I think, I think we're getting to that point where we're starting to build um, more of that stuff into this offense. I think it was a trust thing for me just because I'm I'm young. They, they were looking to build trust in me, and then it's, it's just a practice thing. I mean, this offense is just kind of new for us, and uh, we were practicing kind of a whole different thing in spring, and I think going to this offseason, I hope, I hope to have more of that installed into our game plan. There you go, Zach Wilson, and I thought that was a very good thought from him. Is He's like, hey, I want this offense to – be tailor-made for what my skill set is and the guys around me. And you can tell he's had input with the coaches, Jeff Grimes, Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick, to help them understand what he feels is most effective for his skill set and also what he's seen on the field in terms of what can help his teammates. And I think that bowl game against, against Western Michigan in Boise really showed what this young man can do. In the first half, I felt like, and I said it on Twitter, I felt like like BYU was stifling his creativity. Uh, he had, was perfect passing. Let's get that out of the way. He, he had connected on every pass, but there were only eight of them in the first half. He got 10 passes in the second half, and I get the 18 of 18, but in the second half, they let him sling it around and run this offense, and you saw what he did. A 70-yard touchdown pass to Aleva Hefo. The offense got on track. It opened up the running lanes, and BYU rolled to a dominant victory. They finally, I think, as a coaching staff realized this young buck I know they were trying to protect him doesn't need to be protected he can handle it and I think that they learned something in that game that should benefit them as they head towards spring ball and on into the 2019 season Wilson was also asked yesterday by Scott Gerard about where his confidence comes from on the field. He's a very confident young man. I've told you that multiple times here on this podcast. His confidence level is very high and for good reason, of course, because he's a good player, but he, he seems unflappable. And Scott Gerard asked him about that confidence and where it comes from, and here's what he had to say. Yeah, it's like my whole life I've always embraced it pretty well. I don't know if it's just the what comes with being a quarterback. I mean, you learn that from a young age, but, uh, you know, I, I don't really think it's anything I can't handle. Um, I've never, 
I mean, to be honest, I used to get more nervous for high school football games than I did, you know, going into my first Utah game. So, you know, I feel like it's something I'm, I'm just ready for the challenge. And I think it's a, it's a preparation and confidence kind of thing. You know, I feel like I can make any player, you know, that I, I feel like I'm prepared to do any sort of thing anybody else could do on the field. So, um, you know, I think the, the situation I'm in where, you know, you see a lot of people will love you at one point and hate you at another point is, you know, it only fuels you to be the best. I mean, you can't let it get to you, and you know what you're only capable of, and, and the people in your room of your team. So, um, you know, I think it's I think it's a good situation for me. Very interesting to hear him say. Speaking of Zach Wilson, that he got more nervous for high school games than he did for the first Utah game. Being a kid that grew up rooting for Utah, wanted to be a Ute, ends up as a BYU Cougar. You could understandably think that, hey, this kid would be pretty hyped up for that game. But he says he was more more um, anxious and nervous for the high school games when he played at Corner Canyon High School than he was at BYU. And I think that's a credit to the coaching staff and also his personal preparation in terms of just he understands what his job is. He's going to go out and perform it, but he also wants to win. And I think he's confident in his ability. You hear him talk all the time about all of his time spent in the film room, watching all the tape that he can handle getting ready his preparation uh, I think is second to none and he wants to make sure that he is ahead of the curve if at all possible and I know that Todd Blackledge um, likes to talk about I believe it's the five P's or the six P's or whatever it's like proper planning prevents piss poor performance so whatever that number of P's was and I think that's exactly what describes Zach Wilson as a player alright one final thought from him is um, a lot of kids growing up of course playing sports and Zach Wilson had a dad who was a prominent player at the University of Utah Big Mike and Zach was asked how did you avoid getting burned out playing youth sports when a lot of kids they do burn out they get, they get too engrossed in maybe one sport or they're just doing too many things at once that they get burned out and they want to step away from it and here's Zach Wilson on how he avoided getting burned out and actually a sport that was his first love instead of football and how it changed for him when he finally decided to turn his attention fully to football yeah I know exactly what you're talking about I mean I had a lot of friends that got burned out you know, the older they got. And I remember thinking to myself, like, shoot, I hope this doesn't happen to me. You know, and, and it specifically did for me for basketball. I mean, my whole life, basketball was my main sport. That was what I was going to try and go for. That was what I always wanted to do. And come in high school, I ended up starting as a sophomore in high school um, on the football team. And I was also starting in basketball, but my experience with basketball just wasn't as good. You know, I didn't like the circumstances of the coaches or, you know, whatever it was. And, um, when I started getting success in football and things started going well for me, you know, I was starting to have a lot of fun. It was just like, wow, like, this is really what I want to do. Like, I love playing football. And when I was younger, it wasn't as much so. I mean, I was kind of a baby, but I mean, my dad used to always get on me and be like, hey, uh, you can't do this. You can't be crying out there. I mean, you got to man up and keep going. And, um, or you got to go lift today or you got to go do some footwork drills today or we got to throw. And, you know, I, I remember always just complaining like, oh, why is he always making me do this kind of stuff? And, you know, now I see like, shoot, this is where this is where it really pays off. I mean, there was a reason why he was having me do those kind of things, and I think it taught me so many lessons of hard work and how to just push through on certain things. And you know, I'm glad he did those those kind of things because I think that's what led me to not getting burned out. I mean, football is something, you know, I love doing. I mean, I tell people all the time if if I didn't love what I was doing, I don't think there was any way I could do it. I mean, the workouts are just so tough and, and the running and, and the eating and the time management kind of thing. And you really don't have a social life. And if I didn't love to do that kind of stuff. I don't know if I could be here. 
um, if I had to fight through. So, um, you know, I'm glad I love what I'm doing, and I, and I, I give the credit to my dad for helping me fight through that kind of stuff. Could Zach Wilson have been the next great point guard for Dave Rose's basketball team? We'll never know. I know Kalani Sitake and his staff is very glad that they have him at the helm of their offense for the football program. And it's awesome to see uh, what he's going to do. It's not awesome. It's it's going to be awesome to see what he's going to do over the next couple of years because the arrow is very much up. If this was a stock, if Zach was a commodity that could be bought or traded, I would definitely be saying you should buy bye-bye on this young man. So there you go. Some thoughts from Zach Wilson. It was cool to hear him on the Zone Sports Network. I'll link the full interview in the show notes for you if you want to go listen to it. It was about 20 minutes in length or you can go to 1280thezone.com thanks to Scotty and Hands who I work with on a daily basis at The Zone for letting me use some of that audio. It was a great interview and I felt like you guys needed to hear a little bit of it. But if you do want to hear the full thing, like I said, it'll be a link in the show notes or you can go to 1280thezone.com and catch it there. All right, uh, let's step aside here. We'll come back. Need to talk a little BYU basketball. Final non-conference game for the Cougars tomorrow in Starkville, Mississippi against number 19, Mississippi State. Does BYU stand a chance or are they staring at a three-game losing streak once again in the final game of their non-conference slate? We'll break that down for you next. Before we do that, though, do want to tell you about today's sponsor on the show. That is our good friends at All Guard Pest Control and Termite Extermination. If you have any pest control Control issues, you can give them a call. 801-851-1812. All Guard does incredible work with all pest control issues. Mice, spiders, ants, whatever you got, katydids, grasshoppers, I don't know what you got. They can make sure that it's taken care of and they'll make sure that you are completely satisfied or they will come back out and make sure that you are taken care of to the point that you do become completely satisfied. They service all of the Wasatch Front up into Davis and Weber County, Salt Lake County, Utah County. They'll even drive up to Park City or Heber there in Wasatch County if you so need them. Give them a call. Seth and his team are the best. They focus solely on pest control issues and they are here to help you out. Give them a call. 801-851-1812. Once again, all guard pest control and termite extermination. Your best bet for pest control issues here along the Wasatch Front. Tell them the Locked On Cougars and Jake Hatch sent you. Once again, that's all guard pest control. 801-851-1812. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. You are Locked On Cougars. We are your daily source of all things BYU news, notes, and insider information you can't find anywhere else. And the best part about this podcast is your phone, your smartphone, or your smart speaker can do all the work for you. All you got to do is say, hey, Siri, or whatever Google speaker, or Amazon speaker, whatever you got, say, play podcast Locked On Cougars, and voila, it's done the work for you. Digital technology, modern technology is a wonderful thing. It makes our lives 
much easier and it makes it even easier when you want to listen to the latest in BYU news with myself here on this daily podcast. Hope you guys all enjoyed the Christmas holiday. I took some time off, stepped away. It was good to be with family, etc. But I'm excited to be back on the podcast as we look towards 2019 and beyond. Going to be a fun year covering the BYU Cougars and we'll have it for you every weekday here on Locked on Cougars. Alright, BYU basketball is on the road tomorrow morning. It'll be a morning affair for the Cougars, 10 a.m. Mountain Time as they take on number 19 Mississippi State there in Starkville. Some people like to call it Stark Vegas, but Mississippi State comes into this game 11-1 on the season, ranked number 19 in the country. BYU comes into this game limping into the game on the heels of back-to-back losses against UNLV two Saturdays ago and then last Saturday a loss in San Diego against San Diego State. Uh, Cougars trying to avoid a second three-game slide here in the non-conference schedule. I saw a tweet earlier on this month that BYU has lost more games in the non-conference this year than they have at any point in Dave Rose's tenure. I think part of that goes to the upgraded scheduling that BYU did this year. They've played a number of high-level teams in an effort to bolster their NCAA tournament uh, resume in theory. Uh, losing most of those games, if not all of them, because like I said, the big win on the season so far for the Cougars is a win against Utah, who looks like a mid level Pac-12 team at best. So BYU upgraded the schedule but have not gotten the results they want and now they probably face their toughest test until they face Gonzaga in conference play in the number 19 Bulldogs. Uh, ben Howland, the former UCLA coach, a former Weber State Wildcat, the head coach there, and he's got quite the team. As a team right now, Mississippi State shooting 38.5% from three. That is a great clip as a team. They are led by Quindary Weatherspoon, who actually is one of their worst three-point shooters on the team, but he leads the team at 16.4 points per game, averaging just over 32 minutes a game. He does um, average five rebounds as a six-foot-four guard, so he is plenty active. He's going to be a handful for BYU. Uh, he's a guy that likes to do his work kind of inside the three-point arc because, like I said, he's not a great three-point shooter, averaging at 29.8% from beyond the arc, but he's got some other teams teammates who are shooting extremely well. Lamar Peters, the second best uh, shooter on this team, second leading scorer at 14.3 points per game, averaging 6.2 assists a game, excuse me, great player. He's shooting 43.8% from three. Third leading scorer, Eric Holman, averaging 11.2 points. He's shooting uh, 39% from three. And there are other two guys that are in double digits on the season in average scoring. Tyson Carter and Nick Weatherspoon. They're both averaging 10 points a game, while Carter is averaging a 35% clip from three-point arc. And Nick Weatherspoon, on limited shots, 54.8% from beyond the arc. So this is a team that's going to shoot threes. BYU, they're going to have to have one of the shooting performances of their lifetime if they want to win this game, in my opinion. I don't see how BYU avoids a three-game losing streak going all the way to Starkville. A long trip. It was cool to see BYU schedule it. It is a one-off. It's a one-game contract. There will be no return game uh, for BYU in in terms of getting a game back here in Utah against Mississippi State. But it was a chance to get Jasheer Hardnett, who is from Mississippi, close to home, so his family and friends can go see him a little closer to home. So it was a cool gesture by Dave Rose. But this would be a big-time upset win 
and maybe jumpstart BYU entering conference play if they were able to get the win. Uh, the WCC, the West Coast Conference, looks very stout this year. We're talking top to bottom. The middle part of the league looks much improved. We'll do a bigger preview of that next week as we get ready for BYU and conference play. I'll talk about some of the teams like Loyola, Marymount, Santa Clara, San Diego, who have really been good early this season, in addition to seeing what Gonzaga is doing. I know Gonzaga suffered some losses that have dropped them in the rankings, but they are still a very strong team and BYU is going to have their hands full and of course St. Mary's is always a team that is just tough. Mississippi State actually took on St. Mary's on a neutral court earlier this season and uh, won by 4, 61-57 the lone loss for Mississippi State was a loss against Arizona State on a neutral court as well so there's been some big time matchups for Mississippi State, and they should be very confident heading into this game against BYU. The Cougars, like I said, reeling a little bit here on the heels of back to back losses. I said a few weeks ago that BYU needed two out of three of these games to really help themselves if they wanted to contend for an NCAA tournament berth, but it doesn't look like that is in the cards this year for the Cougars, barring uh, unforeseen run and unprecedented run in the WCC conference and the WCC tournament at the end of the year. So there you go. Some of my thoughts on BYU basketball. Game tomorrow, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. You want to watch it, ESPNU. Greg Rubel and Mark Durant will be on the call on the BYU Sports Network as well on all their local affiliates. But it is a morning game for BYU basketball, a little bit uh, more of a rarity for the Cougars when you're used to them playing kind of mid-afternoon or evening contests. But a morning game, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Check it out. All right, we'll step aside here. We'll come back, talk a little bit about former Cougars and the pros. Final week of the NFL regular season coming up this weekend. We do need to recap how guys did in week 16 and also look ahead to the final week of the regular season for former Cougars. Before we do that, though, do want to tell you about today's sponsor on the show, Sling It TV. When you need college sports in your life, talking college football with bowl season in full swing right now, the college football playoff tomorrow, and also college basketball, BYU on ESPNU tomorrow. If you need to catch these games and you don't have them currently with your current TV provider, Sling TV might be the right option for you. It is $30 a month. We'll get you the ESPN networks, Pac-12 networks, SEC networks, and more. You'll be able to watch all the college bowl games you can handle and also BYU tomorrow morning for just $30 a month. You can stream it on your big screen TV and also take it with, with you on all your favorite devices with their great mobile app. Sling TV's motto is it gives you the live TV you love only better there are no useless channels no long-term contracts no hidden fees and of course you can cancel it at any time there's no bundling you pick the lineup you want with sling tv and they tell you exactly what you'll have to pay locked on cougars listeners right now you can check it out and see if sling tv is the right option for you and get a seven-day free trial to check it out go to slingit.com slash locked on that's s-l-i-n-g.com slash locked on and you can check it out seven days free to see if it's the right option for you i encourage you guys to check it out over the top or streaming tv services have become all the rage cord cutting becoming a bigger and bigger segment of the media world check it out guys seven day free trial with sling tv to locked on cougars listeners by going to slingit.com slash locked on all state wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere especially during march your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. 
And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. Thanks again for joining me on the podcast today, a Friday edition of the show. Hope you guys all have a big weekend planned ahead with the secondary holiday, I guess, of this holiday season, New Year's, of course. And some people may say it's bigger than Christmas. I don't consider it to be so, but it's a fun time of year. Uh, thank you guys for your continued support of the podcast. It's a blast to bring it to you. Thanks for bearing with me as I took some time off earlier this week. But we'll be back in full swing next week with shows each and every day as we roll on into 2019. Got some big plans for 2019. Going to have bigger and better ways for you guys to interact with the show, so stay tuned for that. It is going to be awesome. I'm very excited about it. Before we go today, though, I do want to talk about former Cougars and the pros. Of course, Week 17, the regular season finale for the NFL this Sunday. All 32 teams in action. A number of them still in contention for the playoffs. Got a lot of scenarios going on. And former Cougars are also in the mix of it. So let's talk about the former Cougars and the pros. And my hat goes off to our good friends at BYU Insider. I know Tyler Christensen over there does great work. And I'm not going to lie, it's great to have somebody that's looking up all these stats for BYU players and the pros that are are out there. And he's able to kind of co- aggregate them, put them into a nice compact, compact package on BYU Insider. And I thank him for letting me kind of look at these and uh, get the stats when I don't have time to look him up right away. We'll start off with Michael Davis. I think he's the feel-good story if you're a BYU fan. Now a starting cornerback in the NFL. Um, Helped the Los Angeles Chargers in a 22-10 loss to Baltimore. Finished the game with three total tackles, two of them solo, also broke up two passes. Continues to play very well for the Chargers. They look to uh, make a run in the playoffs here. They're looking like they're going to be a wild card team despite a double-digit win season. There are some scenarios with the Chiefs losing that they could potentially uh, move up and maybe get a first-round bye, but it's got a lot of moving parts for that game. But hats off to Michael Davis as he continues to play well. He's a guy that's really cool to see what he is doing and And I'm excited to see what his career kind of progresses as. John Denny uh, looking to close out his season in style. Miami is out of the playoff hunt, but they did lose 17-7 last week to Jacksonville. He had eight snaps at long snapper, had no stats. I'm guessing he's going to continue his career next year. I know that Miami um, cut him at one point in the preseason this year just with a roster move to reduce some salary implications, etc. But I would expect he's back next year and hopefully continues on with his Ironman streak for the Dolphins. Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints are headed to the playoffs. They have home field advantage through the NFC playoff structure up to the Super Bowl. Um, Hill came on as a substitute in their 31-28 win over Pittsburgh. Um, he added stats in new categories, but it wasn't a positive one. He had an interception on his only pass attempt in this game. No other stats. He played 10 snaps total on offense, 23 on special teams. He's been supplanted as the kick returner for the Chargers not the Chargers, speaking of Michael Davis, for the Saints with Taysom. 
but he is going to be a big part of the Saints in this playoff structure. You continue to hear the, uh, hear the announcers, whatever game you're watching with the Saints, they gush over Hill whenever he's in the game. Uh, Bronson Kafusi played last week for the Jets, but he was not active this week. I'm playing for them. So he's got the one game as a substitute and has no stats on the season, but it is good to see Bronson back with an NFL team on the active roster. Hopefully week 17 with the Jets looking to close things out, play out the string, he gets a chance to impress and hopefully kind of bolster his chances to stay on the team next year. Kyle Van Noy and New England are headed to the playoffs themselves as well. Um, he started once again in their 24-12 over Buffalo in week 16. He had two solo tackles, one assisted tackle, and one quarterback hurry. New England's going to be interest, be an interesting team in the playoffs. Of course, uh, the, the their offense is beat up. It looks like Tom Brady, whenever we want to count him out, um, seems to come back with something, but he definitely show, is showing his age, I feel like, this year. And we'll see if he has enough weapons around him to help Boston, uh, not Boston, make, help New England make a run in the playoffs. And they're going to be the number two seed, it looks like, in the AFC. So a first round bye would do them some good to get some guys healthy. We'll see what happens. All right, uh, a couple other guys to get to here. Daniel Sorensen, I mentioned the Chiefs. If they win this week, they will be the number one seed in the AFC. Sorensen continues to play well despite a 38-31 loss to Seattle. He had four solo tackles, four assisted tackles, so eight total tackles in that loss. One quarterback hurry. He played all 80 snaps on defense. I know a lot of people like to say that the Chiefs defense is Swiss cheese. I'm pretty sure Daniel Sorensen and his teammates would take offense to that, but if they can get home field advantage in the AFC playoffs, it'd be a big boon for them. It'd be cool to see two guys, Taysom Hill on one side and Daniel Sorensen on the other, uh, theoretically is the number one seeds you'd think slated to face each other in the Super Bowl. We'll see what happens. Fred Warner finishing out his season, his rookie season in San Francisco. They lost 14-9 to Chicago. He had two solo tackles and two assisted tackles in the game. He played all of the snaps on defense once again. Also played four snaps on special teams. San Francisco has been a lot more plucky of late, but uh, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're not even, they were out of contention midway through the, I felt like the first or second game of the year, but it's cool to see what he's doing. He's over 100 tackles in his rookie year and looking like he is going to be a key piece for the Niners going forward. One final note for you guys is Jamal Williams. Of course, Green Bay out of playoff contention themselves, but Jamal got the start last week in their 44-38 victory over New York the Giants, and he had his biggest game of the season. Jamal went 15, carried the ball 15 times for 90 yards and a touchdown. Also added six receptions for 61 yards. He played 95% of the snaps on offense. Cool to see Jamal get his opportunity. There's going to be a new coach, potentially Joe Philbin, the interim there in Green Bay, running the ship next year. And it's cool to see Jamal Williams making an impression as the season wraps up here. Hopefully he's able to kind of stake more claim for more playing time in 2019 with his play as they finish things out. All right, there you go, guys. That is the former Cougars in the pros. Week 17 up here. So we're going to have some former Cougars in the playoffs, but also guys finishing out the season 
in, on a team that's not making the playoffs but looking to bolster their position for the roster moves that will be upcoming in the offseason. And it's an exciting time. We'll recap Week 17 for you next year and, of course, track the guys in the playoffs as those roll forward as well. All right, that is the show for today. We'll be back tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Tomorrow, I guess, theoretically, with Monday coming up this December 31st. Breaking down everything when it comes to BYU news notes and insider information you can't find anywhere else like I've mentioned to you multiple times. So thanks for sticking with me each and every day on this podcast. It's a blast to bring it to you. And we will be back on Monday. This has been Locked On Cougars for December 28th, 2018. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day